With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. 475 COVID-19 tests carried out since our last report on Friday. Four are positive for COVID-19. The individuals are asymptomatic travelers who returned a positive test result following routine screening. The Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Samuel Williams-Rodriguez, says they will remain in isolation until considered recovered. There are 877 people in isolation right now. Contact tracing is underway after an alleged breach of the COVID-19 quarantine at home protocols. The mobile compliance team, Public Health and Royal Cayman Islands Police Service visited the property on Thursday and say the offender, an incoming traveler, has been warned for intended prosecution. According to a government statement, standard protocol is that when there is a breach, travelers along with their household will either be moved to a government facility or monitored under 24-hour security detail at the traveler's expense. The statement did not confirm which occurred in this instance. The matter is under investigation, and a completed file will reportedly be sent to the Office of the Director of Public Prosecution for a decision. People found guilty of breaching mandatory isolation face a fine of $10,000 and two years imprisonment. In a recent interview on Radio Cayman's Talk Today show, Travel Cayman Director Dr. Tasha Ebanks-Garcia discussed some of the challenges of being in quarantine, and she says some people really underestimate the emotional impact of isolation. You know, our airports are still closed. These are repatriation flights. We're still encouraging people to think of this as it's travel for essential purposes. It's not travel for leisure. It's not travel because I want to go shopping or I need to get off the island. It's still about thinking about do I have to travel? Do I want to put myself at risk? And do I want to go through the discomfort? Because this is not, I mean, quarantining for 16 days is not a comfortable process. Travel Cayman manages the Quarantine at Residence program, which, by the way, was recently extended to Cayman Brack and Little Cayman. Police say they are aware of video posts of minors between the ages of 11 and 16 fighting and engaging in the planning of fights at John Gray High School, which were subsequently posted on social media. The RCIPS officers have been outstanding in both their communication with us and their demeanor around campus. We're working with the RCIPS to ensure that all antisocial behavior, including this abuse of social media, is eradicated. John Gray High School Principal John Clark tells Radio Cayman that they always aim to work in partnership with parents to continually educate the community about some of the dangers of social media when it comes to causing and glamorizing conflict and in some cases cyberbullying. He says the incidents in the videos are being addressed. Appropriate and strong sections have been put in place as the health and safety of all in our learning community is and will remain our priority. Community police officers have also been meeting with the school to talk about ways to further support the efforts to address these incidents and, in fact, any issue of this type. Police say the Digital Forensics Hub is actively monitoring and investigating any potential cybercrime violations that may occur, and members of the public are advised that if you participate in, incite, or even share footage of these violent activities, that could constitute an offense, and that may lead to prosecution. If you are in possession of the videos or pictures of any of the fights, you're asked to stop sharing them, but instead submit them anonymously to the RCIPS on their website. That's rcips.ky or on their mobile app by clicking the submit a tip function. The first session of the UK and British Overseas Territories Joint Ministerial Council meeting began today via video conference. Topics ranged from the COVID-19 pandemic and constitutional reforms to border security challenges. Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin was joined by members of his cabinet to take part in the meeting, which is usually held each year in London. The meeting continues Tuesday on a variety of topics, including the economic impact of COVID-19 on British Overseas Territories.
The 20th annual Silent Witness March is back, and as Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego reports, private and public sector organizations are partnering to honor those who have suffered as a result of domestic violence and bullying. Hosted by the Business and Professional Women's Club of Grand Cayman, the 20th annual Silent Witness March aims to pay a small tribute to those who have lost their lives due to or have been impacted by domestic violence. One in four women and one in five men will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Historically underreported, domestic violence victims have often suffered in silence, something which in many cases has had fatal consequences. BPW's co-chair, Mir Lamba, said, BPW is encouraged that reporting in Cayman has quadrupled in the past five years, but so much work still must be done. This year's theme is Safe Home, Safe Community, which reflects on this year's COVID-19 pandemic. Although lockdowns globally were meant to protect the community from the threat of COVID-19, Ms. Lamba says for many victims of domestic abuse, these regulations meant being locked in their homes with their abusers. The UN has called the aggressive increase of domestic violence reports globally a shadow pandemic. Ms. Lamba says we should all be working towards safe homes, which of course means a safer, larger community. The Silent Witness March will take place from the Government Administration Building past the Georgetown Police Station and then finally around the courthouse, this representing some of the key stakeholders that play a powerful role in ensuring that domestic violence is prevented and that justice is brought to victims. Participants will hear from keynote speaker Sutton Burke, trauma expert and clinical director of Infinite Mind Care. Her talk will focus on the mass trauma caused by the global pandemic and notes on how this has impacted domestic violence and demand for counseling and intervention. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. The march is scheduled for tomorrow at 3.30, starting at the Government Administration Building. The recent hurricanes and storms have been devastating for the people of Nicaragua, and people here in Cayman have been working on ways to help. There's a lot of people still living outside. A lot of the food and resources that they've had in that area is gone. Uh, bridges that allow things to come in that area because there's a lot of areas of water um, has been broken down. President of the Nicaraguan Cultural Foundation, Carl Solomon, is inviting people who'd like to help to come to a meeting at the Lion Center at 6 p.m. on Tuesday to learn more about the efforts to help, coordination plans, and ideally join forces to create a single unified relief campaign. Fire recruits take to the streets of Georgetown this morning to raise money for the Cayman Crisis Center and Meals on Wheels. Some of my colleagues from uh, Blue Watch, uh, particularly uh, Tony Chisholm, have got together raising money for the Crisis Center and thought a nice way to do it would be uh, a 5K walk this morning uh, where we can engage with the public and uh, collect money uh, en route. So luckily enough, we've got a recruit class that you can see uh, behind me. They've agreed to come along and collect the money en route, so hopefully we're going to get a good token together for a very worthwhile charity. Chief Fire Officer Paul Walker says the decision to support the charities was an easy one. And we realise across communities lots of people are struggling at this time and the great work the Crisis Centre does alongside the work we do in the Central Station for Meals on Wheels were considered to be two very good, worthy local charities. The charity walk took place this morning, starting at the Government Administration Building, despite the drizzling rain. Uh, we did uh, think we ought to change to something nearer a swim with the water that we've seen on West Bay Road. But uh, no, we're used to getting wet. You know, we're all in the fire service. That's what we're about. And uh, just the opportunity to engage with the public would be wonderful. Chief Fire Officer Paul Walker. 
K-Man Connection is set to host a series of virtual Christmas events for Caymanians overseas this December. Cayman Islands representative to the UK, Andre Ebank, says the holiday season in the UK and Europe will certainly be different this year. But that does not mean it cannot be made to feel as warm, caring and festive as possible. With the holiday season swiftly approaching, our office relished the opportunity to think creatively with Cayman Connection and the Friends of Cayman Group to bring Caymanians staying in the UK and Europe for the holiday season a tasteful and touching slice of home while we all look forward to a promising new year. So the main event is a virtual Christmas Caymanian culture gathering scheduled for Friday, December 18th. It includes a partnership with Caymanian chef Chad Scott from Go Go Carib, um, I'm so happy to be a part of this because I will be also relaunching my business again back in London. Um, so it's a huge opportunity to also be connected with Cayman Connection as I'll be serving Caymanian overseas food in Christmas time. So I'll be serving different type of food as well. Um, there'll be uh, Caymanian um, beef and also vegan food as well. And also a traditional meal, a British traditional meal to also serve people out here in the UK as well. So again, I'm, I'm actually pleased to be a part of this and um, I can't wait to serve everyone here in the UK. The event will be hosted by Giovanni Ebanks and will include entertainment, Christmas games and virtual social engagement. Caymanians around the world can join in by visiting caymanconnection.org forward slash Christmas 2020 or email hello at caymanconnection.org for more information. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego with the latest in sports. Saturday saw the seventh and final round of regular season games in the 2020 CUC Primary Football League. We get the details now from Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller. Play in the CUC Girls Primary Football League under 11s continued as well with seventh round games. Then CUC PFL Group B action prospect primary visited Red Bay Primary and what a show it was for the spectators. Both games were, quote, truly excellent and great examples of what thrills and enjoyment primary school football can be to bring players and supporters alike. Red Bay's under nines were ferocious as they pestered and hurried their opponents for the full 40 minutes. In response, prospect held their own for much of the game with some fine defending, but were unable to quell the, quote, burgundy Wave. Red Bay's Jaden Miles opened the scoring in the 19th minute, and Trey Levi added a double in the 21st and 38th minutes to steal a 3-0 win and three points. In the under-11 matchup, the same high intensity from both teams was apparent. Prospects' defense was up for the challenge and defended expertly as they continuously disrupted the barrage of Red Bay attacks. Red Bay's captain Seth Ebanks was the hero of the day as he scored a penalty in the 16th minute and finished off an attack that was the cause of an own goal in a 2-1 victory for Red Bay. In other Group B games, it was Cayman Prep 9A versus South Sound Schools that ended 4-0 Cayman Prep. Cayman Prep beat Southdown Schools 2-3 in the under-11 match, and Theoline L. McCoy came out under Northeast Schools with a final score of 4-0 in the under-11 as well. In Group A, it was Georgetown Primary versus Savannah Primary. Savannah took down Georgetown 2-0. Georgetown Primary versus Savannah Primary was a one-all draw in the under-11s. St. Ignatius got three points up on Cayman Prep 9B in the under-9s. It was a one-all draw in the St. Ignatius Catholic versus Cayman Prep under-11 game. Cayman International School beat Truth for Youth 4-0 in the under-9. Cayman International School beat Truth for Youth 4-0 in the under-11s as well. In the CUC, GPFL Cayman Prep Blue edged out Cayman International School 1-0 to go to the top of the table thanks to a strike from Olivia Ridley in the 26th minute. 
In other CUCGPFL games, St. Ignatius beat Cayman Prep Red 4-0, Savannah Primary beat Georgetown 2-0, and Savannah Primary beat Sir Johnny Cumber 4-0. The 2020 CUCPFL playoffs begin this Saturday with the quarterfinals at the Annex. Reporting for Radio Cayman Sport, I'm Karts Lee Fuller. Big turnout for a big series of games at this weekend's Got Skills basketball tournament. Radio Cayman's Dion England caught up with organizer Corey McGee at the court. You know what, Dion? I was I was really surprised at the the turnout for the people to come out and uh, and support the event. I was happy with the turnout. Um, I was happy that the teams came out and they played hard and they and, and they gave 110 percent. They represented their schools very well. It was a great tournament. I had a good time. What did you think of, of the competition you saw in the girls? The women of Valor, they came out with a strong team. They're a good, a good program. They produce good players on a regular basis, so they came out and played well tonight. But it says a lot about Cayman Islands female basketball, that it's on the rise. And we've got some talent here. We've got a lot of potential. So it's just about keep working hard and keep doing stuff like this so that people can see it and come out and support. The competition you saw with the guys? They played well. They played strong throughout the whole tournament. I had a fig- kind of idea that we would win because we practice every day. So we, we have that kind of advantage over the other teams. Teams, but other than that, it was a good tournament, and I'm glad everyone had a chance to play. Are you going to make this an annual event? You know what, Dean? I'm thinking about doing it every three months because we have the time, we have the space, and we obviously have the talent pool of players, and if the schools are supported, then I'll do it every couple months. And what about the interactive sports park? Did you get a chance to take a look at what was happening out there? I didn't, but my wife told me that it was fun, uh, that people enjoyed the slam dunk and the uh, foosball. So, um, you know, the weather was a bit crazy today, but we, we did get a chance to pull out a couple activities, so I'm happy with that. John Gray snagged the top spot for the boys and women of Valor for the girls. And finally in sports, teams were in it to win it at this weekend's DMS Corporate Cup. Speaking at the event, Stuart Wright is with IRG International Realty Group and he says his organization has been participating for the past three years. There's a range of fantastic events from the 4 way 100 meter relay, the rifle shooting, the tug of war, the jousting, there's all sorts going on. And this year was met with widespread enthusiasm, something positive to experience in an otherwise gloomy year. That's the latest in sports here on Radio Cayman. I'm Shanta Gallego.